Garrison Harney with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, October 12, 2022. I just got back from the Fight Lab Peace Conference in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we announced while we were out there where our next conference will be. It's going to be at the Ark Encounter. This is, of course, for those of you who weren't at the conference or didn't pay attention. So stay tuned for when registration will open up, and we hope to see you and your family out in Kentucky October of next year. It's either the 12th through the 14th or the 14th through the 16th, one of those. But stay tuned. Also, we are on a mission to make magazines great again, so subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. This is a quarterly mini-book-like experience packed full of a variety of authors that includes theologically driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign your church up, sign your grumpy uncle up, and while you're at it, sign up the Pope. Elon Musk, and Russell Moore. Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses and cross-politics is not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly shock and joy at God's wondrous world. Sign up today for issues and $60 per year. That's it. Go to fightlaughfeast.com right now to sign up. Whew, that was that disclaimer reading there. That was pretty good, right? Now, here's what you may have missed over the weekend. Colorado officials incorrectly sent out 30,000 voter registration postcards to non-citizens. Colorado officials claim they accidentally sent approximately 30,000 postcards last month to non-citizens, instructing them how they could register to vote. First reported by Colorado Public Radio News Democratic Secretary of State Gina Griswold's office said department employees had sent the postcards on September 27th after comparing a list of 102,000 names provided by the Electronic Registration Information Center, a nonprofit organization aiming to improve U.S. voter rolls in advocating residents and advocating residents to vote. The department has become aware that approximately 30,000 EBU, or eligible but unregistered postcard mailers, were incorrectly sent to ineligible Coloradans, a spokesperson for the Colorado Secretary of State's office told local media. The office is undertaking an internal review of the incident, and they will take any corrective action that is warranted. Griswold insisted non-citizens would not be allowed to register to vote. The postcards, which the office printed in English and Spanish, read, quote, A message from Colorado Secretary of State Gina Griswold. Our records indicate that you or your household may be eligible to vote, but do not appear to be registered at your current address. The mailers did include that to vote, that residents must be 18 years old by election day, a United States citizen, and a Colorado resident for at least 22 days before the upcoming election, according to the Colorado Public Radio News. Griswold's office said they plan on sending out correction mailers to the non-citizens, reminding them that only those that meet the above requirements are eligible to register. According to a local media, while the office had compared the list of potential unregistered voters to local DMV records, the data had included non-citizen drivers with Colorado driver's licenses, which the state issues for non-citizens to drive legally. The National Council on State Legislature's website shows Colorado is one of the uh, at least 17 states, along with the District of Columbia, to issue driver's licenses to non-U.S. citizens. However, the system did not distinguish their eligibility to vote. Sean Morales-Doyle, director of the Voting Rights Program at the Brennan Center for Justice, told the journal that the system making a mistake indicates it works. Griswold is up for re-election in November midterms, where she will face Republican Pam Anderson, the head of the state's county clerks' association. 
Elsewhere, the CDC won't release review of post-vaccination heart inflammation. The U.S. Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention will not release its review of post-COVID-19 vaccination heart inflammation. The CDC has been performing abstractions on reports of post-vaccination myocarditis, a form of heart inflammation submitted to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. But the agency is saying that federal law prevents it from releasing the results. The abstractions are, quote, considered medical records which are withheld in full from disclosure which is funny considering they wanted you to have vaccine passports to go into restaurants, for crying out loud. Anyways, the CDC told the Epic Times in a recent letter responding to a Freedom of Information Act request. One of the exemptions in the act says that agencies can withhold materials that are, quote, specifically exempted from the disclosure by state if that statute requires that the matters be withheld from the public in such a manner as to leave no discretion on the issue or establishes particular criteria for withholding or refers to particular types of matters to be withheld, and B, if enacted after the date of enactment of the Open FOIA Act of 2009, specifically cites to this paragraph. The CDC pointed out to the Public Health Service Act, which was enacted in 1944, and says that vaccine injury reports and other information that may identify a person shall not be made available to any person except the person who received the vaccine or a legal representative of that person. The information sought is available through the CDC website without details that would identify patients, the agency also said. The CDC said that it does not have a formal definition of abstraction but that it means that the process of reviewing medical records, including autopsy reports and death certificates and recording data in a database. Quote, please note that this definition means that any abstracted data, because they originate from medical records, is also considered medical records, a CDC records officer told the Epic Times in an email. Refusing to release the data raises concerns about transparency, according to Barbara Lowe Fisher, co-founder and president of the National Vaccine Information Center. Quote, the stubborn refusal of officials heading up federal health agencies responsible for protecting the public health to come clean with the Americans about what they know about COVID vaccine risks is stunning, Fisher told the Epic Times in an email. Fisher noted that the CDC has funded electronic medical record systems that collect personal health information and that the agency shares the data with a number of third parties, such as contractors and researchers. Fisher has called for a congressional probe into what she described as the disturbing lack of transparency on the part of the federal agency officials who granted COVID vaccine manufacturers an emergency use authorization to widely distribute the vaccines in December of 2020 and have recommended and aggressively promoted the vaccines for mandated use ever since. In response to a separate Freedom of Information Act request, the CDC initially said that it did not perform any abstractions or produce any reports on post-vaccination myocarditis. That request was for reports between April 2, 2021 and October 2, 2021. The agency also falsely said that a link between myocarditis and the messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccines was not known during that time. A possible link between those vaccines made by Pfizer and Moderna became known in early 2021. Many experts now acknowledge the link is likely or definitely casual. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC's director, said in a press conference in April 2021 that the agency had not detected a link between the vaccines and myocarditis. The basis for that statement remains unclear. 
The CDC still hasn't released the results of the data mining to the Epic Times, Senator Ron Johnson, a Republican of Wisconsin, or a nonprofit called Children's Health Defense. The agency also declined to provide results from the different monitoring, monitoring systems, VSAFE, to a nonprofit called Informed Consent Action Network, which then sued the agency and just recently received the first tra- tranche of data. The FDA, meanwhile, has refused to release the results of a different type of analysis on the VAERS data, claiming it cannot separate the results from protected internal communications. The agency is also withholding autopsies conducted on people who have died after getting the COVID-19 vaccines, pointing to exceptions laid out in the Freedom of Information Act. Along with Johnson, several other lawmakers are pressing at least one of the agencies to release the data, asserting that not doing so is illegal. Elsewhere, Nike co-founder Phil Knight donates $1 million to Republican Oregon governor candidate Christine Drazen. Knight's donation to Drazen's campaign comes after he donated $3.75 million to independent candidate Betsy Johnson, signaling his strong dislike for Tina Kodak. Now, Gabe Wrench, the water boy, said that, uh, you know, this probably, this money has some strings attached to it. But if he wants to view it as a glass half empty kind of take, then hey, uh, I get it. I get it. He, he understands government a little bit better than I do, but uh, I see this as a win. Republican strategist Rebecca Tweed told KGW Knight's donation said the two donations are not meant as an endorsement of either candidate, but rather an attack against the Democratic candidate. The donation comes as Christine Drazen stands within striking distance of unseating Kodak in a deep blue state that has not elected a Republican governor since Vic Atia in 1982. As Breibart News reported last week, a recent Emerson College poll showed the Oregon House Republican leader actually leading Kodak by two points, 36% to 34%. A new Emerson College polling survey shows former Oregon House Republican leader Drazen ahead of former State House Speaker Tina Kodak, 36% to 34%. 19% of those polled planned to vote for former Democrat Senator turned independent Betsy Johnson. The poll was conducted between September 30th and October 1st with 796 very likely Oregon voters. The survey's credibility interval, CI, similar to a margin of error, is 3.4 percentage points. KGW political analyst Len Bergstein concurred with Rebecca Tweed that Phil Knight's donation should be seen as a knock against Kodak by potentially putting Drazen on the path to victory. Quote, as soon as he sees some polls that say, wait a minute, there's a chance that Drazen could win, he's saying, well, maybe my money could make the difference to push her over the top, said Bergstein. This is not normal. This is not a normal election, she continued. We're having fun watching it because we have three original candidates for governor and a lot of interesting twists and turns in the race already, she added. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors, Armored Republic. The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God's given rights. In the Armored Republic, there is no king but Christ. They are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. They create tools of liberty, and free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he bestowed to us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. Visit them at ar500armor.com. That's ar500armor.com. Biden's railway deal to avert strike spiked by union. 
Nearly a month after President Biden announced that a deal would have been reached between railroad companies and their unions, the deal has fallen apart, raising concerns for a possible strike. The Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division of the Team Teamsters, one of the nation's largest railroad unions, rejected the deal on Monday, expressing discontent with the number of paid sick days, according to the Washington Post. Officials said that the members of the third largest union rejected the proposal, the proposed five-year contract, in a 56 to 43% split. Both sides have agreed to continue with negotiations until at least November 19th. Railroads are currently expected to continue operating normally. The deal included a 24% increase in pay by 2024, as well as a $1,000 annual bonus for employees over five years. The plan ensured the health care co-pays would not increase in price, but included only one paid sick day compared to the 15 days union leaders pushed for. The deal followed two years of negotiations between the rail carriers and unions, which prompted the White House to appoint an emergency board in July to mediate between the two groups. In September... Biden applauded the tentative deal reached, calling it an important win for our economy and the American people. Well, that appears to be in jeopardy. Now, it's time for my favorite topic, sports. Let's catch up with what's happening in the world of football, shall we? First, let's dive into the college ranks. I've got some scores for you, both in college and the NFL. With college, I stick to the top 25 because there's just way too many teams out there, over 130 at this point. So we start with number three, Alabama. They've actually dropped in the polls. Uh, number three, Alabama defeats Texas A&M 24-20, and that's probably why they dropped in the polls. That was a close game. Number two, Ohio State defeats Michigan State 49-20. Michigan State is on the snide after dropping one to the Huskies of Washington as well, so that's two straight there. Number one, Georgia defeats Auburn. 42 to 10. Georgia continues to look like an unbeatable machine. Granted, they struggled against Kent State a week or so ago. NC State defeats Florida State 19 to 17, and NC State's number 15 in the country right now. Do you remember when Florida State used to be a perennial powerhouse? Yeah, me too. Not anymore. Bobby Bowden's turning in his grave. Texas, 49, Oklahoma, nothing in the Red River rivalry. The Longhorns and Burn Orange ride victorious in this one in Oklahoma. They're just in a world of hurt right now. Are they sure they want to go to the SEC? Just a question. Number 13, TCU knocks off. Number 19, Kansas, 38-31. to 31. Kansas in football? They were undefeated going into that game, so that is their first loss of the season. Still off to a great start. This one was a bummer for me. Number seven, USC, 30. Washington State, 14. The Trojans come out on top. And, uh, well, let me just say there was some uh, generous officiating there for the Trojans. But in any case, we're off to the NFL. How about starting with the Giants? The New York Giants moved to 4-1 and one after defeating the Green Bay Packers over in London, 27-22. to 22. And, man, they've, they've got a coach of the year candidate right there with the way he's leading that team. The uh, how about the L.A. Chargers, 38-28 to over the Browns in a hotly contested game. Hey, the other New York team, the Jets, 40-17 to over the Miami Dolphins. To be fair, the Miami Dolphins are without starting quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, who, geez, he could be out for a while with those concussion concerns. How about the Buffalo Bills, 38-3 to over the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is not the Pittsburgh Steelers of old, that's for sure. Josh Allen, he's got my early vote for the MVP this season. Bills continue to roll. Dallas Cowboys, the Waterboys team, 
pick up the win against the LA Rams, the defending champs, 22 to 10. This is all without Dak Prescott, by the way. The Cowboys moved to 4 and 1 on the season as well with Cooper Rush under center. He's a ginger. Ginger's rule. And finally, the Chiefs take down the Raiders 30 to 29 in Monday night football. The Raiders fall to 1 and 4 on the season. They are easily the best 1 and 4 team I've seen in quite some time. Chiefs continue to hum along. So that's what you may have missed over the weekend. And this has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, hit that share button for me down below. If you want to come to our conference next year, next October, if you want to sign up for a club membership or sign up for a magazine subscription, you can do all of that at fightlaughfeast.com. As always, if you'd like to email me a news story, ask about our conference, or become a corporate partner of Cross Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.